Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Welcome back to another episode of Home's Room. We are excited about this one because we keep telling each other, let's do more episodes that fire us up. And one of us was definitely fired up. And this is actually a topic that fired the other one up too. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you guess who was fired up first in this one. <laughs> uh, but it's me and Caitlin again. What's up, Caitlin? How are you? Um, you know, I told you right before we hit record and I'll say it again while we are recording, I'm running on fumes right now. And that's just motherhood working. My kids are just freaking bonkers. Life is crazy. But if I have energy and passion about any topic that I'm going to happily reach and scrape the bottom of the barrel of my energy sources for the day to do a service to it's this fucking topic so well here we are we're less than like a minute in and i already dropped an f-bomb dang it (laughs) we were talking before this so there's a like we were talking about having an explicit tag and that is the reason we have an explicit tag but i love it Uh, sorry (laughs) um i you said you're running on fumes and i was when you said it originally i really 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 wanted to like say it then but i wanted to save it for the episode because today in past time when we were recording this uh the episode about intrusive thoughts dropped and i like talked to my my best friend about it she was like thrilled about the episode and i this is an episode that i like shouted her out in our relationship and i was like that's awesome and she said she enjoys our relationship because it seems you know super genuine and we make tough topics somehow flow and seem like inviting and i was like yeah it's to me it makes me think of like catching up with an old friend that you haven't seen in a really long time every week and like we both come away from like low energy episodes where we're like man i'm just not feeling it i'm exhausted i'm this i'm that and we we all, i feel like we come away from it when we have that energy and we're like damn i needed that thanks and i thought that well was maybe really this will be maybe this is something that will give me that extra hit of energy to deal with this giant pile of clean laundry that's just out of frame <laughs> yeah. in my she cave so but no that's very sweet and i totally agree i have several friends like that um in real life and the the best thing about adulthood friendships is you know the friendships that are low maintenance but you see each other for like the first time in months and you just pick up immediately where you left off and like no time has passed. I have several of those, but plot twist for you, Matt is I've only ever seen you as a face on my iPad screen. We've never actually (laughs) met in real life. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, uh, shout back out to our (laughs) therapy episode. Um, I just recently found out that my therapist um, is no longer in network for my health insurance. Oh, damn. So, uh, yeah, I, I took a, like a month or two off. I tried to get back into it because I was just like displaying some of those toxic behaviors where I knew like I needed to, to get back into it. And she texted me the day of our, our first session back and she said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm not in your network anymore. And I said, yeah, I'm going to have to cancel for today because... 
like we said in that episode, those sessions are yeah. 120 bucks in network. And I was like, no, I don't know if I can uh, swing it. So all that to say, Matt, not that you're standing for a therapist, but a conversation with a, with a friend sometimes can be just as rewarding and clarifying and bring me a level of peace as a $120 therapy <laughs> session. So no pressure. <laughs> as you, as you say that I'm over here, like holding my face, trying not to laugh into the microphone and ruin your like good, you know, like, uh, like your troubling moment because all I thought of is like we haven't met each other in real life we've just been faces I've never I've literally never seen you standing up so like <laughs> sitting down and I was like what if we're both shorter than the other thought or taller than the other thought and how funny would that be like it'd just be so like the worst like blind date moment and I was like I can't say that now because she's going no, like married <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do one episode where we're like torso reveal like hey what's up uh you've never seen me from below the shoulders but you know no it's totally you're gonna roll up and be like a whole two heads taller than me i'm like what the hell yeah, i know that's why it's so funny and i was like i didn't i didn't think about it till you said it and i was like damn i don't like that would be so like that's that is that is funny um but yeah hell yeah <laughs> uh Anyway, uh, like I said, I, um, I was super excited and that episode for me is huge because that was like a test for the relationship that we were going to be able to have. And we didn't know it is I texted you and I was like, yo, I'm kind of not feeling it. And you showed up for me in in an amazing way. And I thought that was really awesome. And then like, I've already gotten feedback from a lot of people about that episode and how they felt like the, um, the, the feeling was good and they could relate to the things that we were saying. And I thought that that was like, damn, I would, I just thought I was venting for like an hour is what I felt like <laughs> after that episode. Um, and that's not what I want to do on this. So at the very least, even if they are our venting sessions, hopefully you're at least our listeners, you know, our listeners are walking away entertained in some way, yeah. shape or form. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I can make you laugh once you owe us a gift for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. At least a review or a like and follow a review, on yeah. Instagram. Hey, yeah. what's up? <laughs> or um, threads. There we go. That's the new one. I had to think. Yeah, about that's it. yeah. I'm still like, I'm still just not really getting into threads. Like, I just feel like the most random. Whatever. Let's, yeah, they, we can it, digress. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll get better. Um, so, Caitlin, what are we going to talk about today? So, a little context here, friends. Um. I texted Matt when we first started having conversation about where, what topics we wanted to talk about after our spooky, ooky Halloween series was over with. And I think it was like, what, two days before we filmed the last Halloween episode, I said, Matt, we need to do a whole episode dedicated to the topic of body count. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we can maybe work that into this last Halloween episode, if you want, well, like, I was like, no, Matt, you don't understand. <laughs> I am so fucking fired up about this topic that, uh, this needs a whole episode. And here I have in front of me, I have, you know, some bullet points. I have uh, a specific individual that I want to cite and share with you. Some of the things that have come out of her damn mouth. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much for at least entertaining me with all of this. And, you know, <laughs> I agree. For us, I think the conversations about topics that we get the most heated about are the ones that that we personally feel are the episodes that like 
are the most, you know, do the best in terms of like chemistry between two co-hosts. Um, hopefully our listeners are also enjoying them. Um, but I got to this topic because for whatever reason, I don't know what I did to the YouTube gods. I've recently started flipping through my shorts feed on YouTube and more and more content that I'm getting on my YouTube shorts is so brain rotten, like actual legitimate brain rot. And let me tell you, some people will probably listen to our podcast, Matt, and say that we are brain rot. And that's fine too. You know, brain rot and subscribers, we're on the internet for entertainment. It is what it is. This specific kind of brain rot just gets me fired up. Um, our stitched one of these shorts. It was um, a PragerU clip where one of their younger female hosts was saying, um, spouting off some nonsense about Megan Fox. Megan Fox has three sons. Currently, all three of her sons um, express themselves by wearing more feminine clothing. And this younger gal who, uh, my whole point to this, she already <laughs> so irritated. Can you tell dude? Okay. Yeah. Blah, blah. <sighs> so she kind of, she's starting to spout off this whole rant about how she hopes that Megan Fox's sons just happen to, uh, be interested in wearing girls clothing because, um, this ideology that her, that uh, Megan Fox is harming her sons by putting in, like putting them in and like forcing them to do that and this, that. And it was just this whole ridiculous rant that like just made no sense based off of a single picture of Megan Fox and her three sons um, walking across the street together and her boys were wearing, I think one of them was wearing like a pink shirt and maybe they were all wearing girls clothing. But first and foremost, so the fuck what? Second of all, um, when I stitched this, my response to that was, well, maybe Megan Fox is just doing her best as a mom to support her children with what they need right now. And the rest is nobody else's business, especially not Prager use. I did say that last part, but... <laughs> Um, the whole point of all of this that I got into that was um, Megan Fox played the hot girl in a couple movies many years ago. Not many, but like several years ago, you know, um, that does not mean that we are entitled to the intimate decision making that she goes through every day as a mother. And so what if her boys are wearing girls clothing for right now? That doesn't mean they will always do that. That does not even necessarily mean that those children are interested in transitioning to a woman. It's just, hey, I like this pink shirt. Okay, wear this pink shirt. Speaking from experience with a unruly goblin of a two-year-old <laughs> who I love dearly. I love her so much. Sometimes it's just easier to send her to daycare in a tutu and fucking rain boots than it is to have to, you know... As a mom, you got to pick your battles. I don't care. You know, none of us are entitled to that, to that decision-making. So stitched it, posted it, you know, did the whole fun influencer thing. <laughs> the tater tots descended on my comment section and essentially said that I was backing up a, uh, someone who was abusing her children 
um, that California school boards would disagree with my stance. Um, <laughs> that the fact that I made my whole point was so what? Like, okay, and yeah. and somebody commented on that um, remix. I guess is what YouTube calls it. They don't call it stitches like TikTok. They commented on this remix and said, "Well, you made a video about it, so you clearly have an opinion. So therefore, um, you've just cut, like undermined your own ideology by making even a video about it." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, the circles that your brain must have <laughs> just jumped through to write this fucking comment and think that that was a thing that you just... Oh my gosh." So, anyways. All of this to to summarize, I fell into a rabbit hole um, and I've noticed that in the last maybe year, year and a half, there's um, a certain brand of um, influencer that um, has kind of emerged after the one and only Andrew Tate, a.k.a. Andrew Tater Tot is what I call him. Um, Do you know who Andrew Tate is, Matt? Actually, I do not, and I find it interesting because whenever that name comes up and I hear about it, it sounds like the most, like, like I would detest everything about this human being because it's the exact opposite of who I am, and, like, I, I, I would, like, try and listen to that person to hear them out because I want to try and hear everybody out, but I, I would end up being like, you know, there's no point in even talking to you because you're so dense and caught up in your own world that like, it's not worth it. Like I would, I would do, I would better serve going to talk to somebody I've never met that doesn't speak my language. And I'd probably have a better conversation. Well, you definitely wouldn't lose as, as many brain cells as you would trying to have a conversation with Andrew Tate. Um, Andrew Tate is no role model. As we are currently recording this, he is charged with human trafficking and several other um, horrific crimes no. um, involving him using what's called the pretty boy method to um, get women to come and work for him as a cam service. He uh, created a um, educational... Um, website called Hustlers University is what it's called. Mm. Unironically, Hustlers mm-hmm. University, and he has several clips of him um, talking about women in a very like derogatory manner that have gone very viral. Um, if if any of our listeners um, enjoy Andrew Tate's content, like it is what it is. Everybody who's a consumer of content online each subscribes to their own different kind of brain rot. Personally, um, Andrew Tatertot is a uh, specific, like, brand of brain rot. He believes that um, women are stupid uh, and we don't understand taxes. He said that to get um, a higher percentage, a higher percentage of the income that his cam girls were making him, he would just lie to them and print out some bullshit tax form and say, uh, "You made ten grand. You have to give me eight of that, um, and then another like five hundred on top of that because of taxes." And he was legitimately will look in the camera and say, "Women are stupid and they don't understand taxes." Um, what else? <laughs> he thinks that. Um, Drinking bottled water is stupid. Um, if you do not have a Bugatti, you are not uh, a high-value man. Um, all kinds of, of other things. I have seen more clips than that. I currently <laughs> I have another character full of brain rot to, to dive into this. So <laughs> here's the head of the snake. 
Mr. Tater Tot himself. Um, the female version of Tater Tot, her name is, uh, she's known online as Just Pearly Things. Have you ever heard that name before? I have not. Okay. Okay. You know, I just want to say, we talk about it all the time. You can curate your feed to show you what you want and what you don't want. And it, like, when people are like, oh, haven't you seen X, Y video? And I'm like, no. It's like, that's, if, if it ain't a car and it's posted by somebody stupid, I don't, I don't care. Like, that's usually if it, the only stupid people that I follow is because they're also like a car person and they have nice cars. And I follow for the cars and that's it. So, hell uh, yeah, you know, like, and that's, that means that your algorithm is working because it's showing you things you actually want to see and none of this garbage. Um, so just pearly things. Her name is Pearl Davis. She's 26 years old and she has been dubbed the, uh, female version of Andrew Tate. Um, she has a podcast. She has been on several interviews. Um, I personally watched recent interviews with her. She went on the H3H3 podcast where I watched that interview. Um, and then I also watched her recently. She went on and, um, was on a debate on the BBC um, with Pierce Morgan and one of his uh, younger female cohorts on that show. Um, she tried to get uh, be a part of a debate. And um, personally, my own personal opinion, what I've seen of her is her debate skills could use a little help. Um, but Pearl likes to talk about this concept of body count. Now, Matt, you may be asking yourself, what definition of body count? Because there's two. No, I am not talking about body count in the context of combat and war, which (laughs) is how many people you have killed, how many bodies you've caught while you're, you know, fighting for the cause. Body count is what the kids are now calling and it refer, or what the kids are saying. And it refers to how many sexual partners specifically a woman has had for uh intercourse sex um so pearl likes to talk about body count as an unmarried um 26 year old fellow idiot on the internet uh idiot with mike on the with internet access as we have dubbed ourselves and now i guess are dubbing her um she speaks on behalf of women everywhere um she says she is uh she does not hate women, but many of her opinions uh, do not fall in line with that statement at all. So I'm going to tell you direct quotes. I've got links for all of these, and we will, we can put them in the episode description. If any of you would like to go witness the brain rot yourself, happy to be the mouthpiece here to um, let you know my uh, her highlight reel and my personal opinion. Um, so first things first. Pearl Davis, just pearly things, pearly girly, likes to say um, that men everywhere do not want a modern woman, or they don't want a mo- what the modern woman is uh, comprised of today. Modern woman um, is somebody who's career driven. A modern woman is somebody who um, is opinionated. A modern woman, by today's definition, is everything that would make a housewife and housewife in the forties, uh, probably keel over and faint. Um, 
she's explicitly said that all men today do not want a modern woman. She has also explicitly said, Matt, on the interview in H3 that I watched, that she believes that women should not have the right to vote. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, I can't make this shit up. Um, her argument with women not having the right to vote was um, something along the lines of the vote should count for the family unit if the the husband and the wife are trying to to have a vote that will tear up the family. At the end of the day, all these things that she's concerned about are all about the family, the family union, the family unit, the children, um, what a family is and should be. Um, so because of the family unit, she also believes that divorce should be outlawed. Um, she explicitly said that divorce has ruined families in the United States. Um, the host of H3 asked her specifically, what about in, um, what about in instances of abuse where the wife is being abused by the husband? Should the wife be able to get divorced then? And she said that, uh, yeah, they should be, but that's actually a very, very, very small percentage. And women claim physical abuse more than it actually happens statistically. The fun thing about Pearl she talks out of her ass a lot. She has zero clue what she's talking about. She doesn't have resources or sites or sources for a lot of the things that come out of her mouth. Um, specifically, she says that 80% of the women of women have sex with 5% of men, um, specifically on dating apps, that it's just a fact of science that 80% of women have sex with 5% of men. So women, um, they cannot, uh, something along the lines of um, women think they're a 10, but they're actually five because they're out there having sex with all the nines and tens. um, Just because those are the, that's the part of the 5%. The 5% are the the most desirable uh, men. And that 5%, they're the ones who are lucky enough to be sleeping with (laughs) 80% of all women. Um, So if any of you, any of our listeners, if you've been, lucky enough to be called on to participate in any of Pearl's surveys or any surveys about your online dating activity, let me know because I've never been asked to vouch for any of some of these studies that she says is just absolutely insane. Um, she very vocally disavows sleeping around is what she calls it. She very seriously is very, is, is super outspoken about the concept of body count and how women, the higher the body count they have, the less valuable and the less desirable they are. First and first, like first and foremost, let's call it what it is. You're not talking about a body count. You're talking about promiscuity. Mm-hmm. If it's a duck, let's call it a duck. Let's stop beating around the bush. Um, you're talking about promiscuity and here we are again, Matt in 20 fucking 23, having more conversations to try and convince some of these brain rotten people that women are not just objects put on this planet for sexual gratification for men, you know, correct. Um, Here we are again, having to revisit some of these prehistoric fucking topics that first and foremost, if it's coming from a religious connotation, I don't want to talk about it with you because separation of church and state, point blank, period. Um, Any of your ideology that is founded on what the Bible says and what the Bible says 
if that's your vibe, that's your vibe. It's not personally mine. And it's definitely not something that I'm going to allow other people to have strong opinions about and then use that as their viewpoint to tell me how I should be living my life. So, um, we're talking about promiscuity. She specifically has said on her podcast, I watched this video clip before, um, while I was getting my notes together to, to talk about this topic, Matt, where she says that a like women, um, it's a, it is a bad thing biologically if they sleep around because they cannot pair bond with men. They compare all their sexual interactions with past interactions. She implies that that means that women cannot emotionally bond with a man after they have multiple sexual partners. Um, so if you're following Matt, she's <laughs> using like um, pseudoscience, mm-hmm. trying to pretend that it is actual science to use her own internalized misogyny to call out other women for things that are absolutely none of her business. <laughs> pair bond. Pair bond. First and foremost, fun fact, in the whole United, you know, animal kingdom, only 3% of all species pair bond. Pair bond is what it sounds like. It is a pair bonding. It's a monogamous relationship. Pair meaning both sides have to, you know, be in on the bond. That's how a monogamous relationship works. So you're trying to tell us, Pearly, girly, that women are not able to have a biologic biological response and have a monogamous relationship the more sexual partners that they have. Like... <laughs> That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. I am, I'll be the first to proudly say and admit I'm not a biologist. I'm not, um, which is why I did um, sought out the opinion of an actual biologist on this topic. Um, I found a Reddit post, which, you know, if it's on Reddit, it must be true. But um, I like what this person said and how they worded it. So, um the topic of this Reddit post is women do not pair bond. It's sexist pseudoscience, which is how I worked in that fancy word there. (laughs) Um, This author says, I've been seeing a lot of claims lately about women quote, destroying their ability to pair bond typically attributed to sleeping around. Um, As a biology student, I want to set the record straight. There are few scientists who claim to be studying if humans have a comparable trait but there is no conclusive proof and human behavior throughout the millennia clearly does not fit the definition of true pair bonding. Uh, a pair bonding is a trait that some bird species have rarely mammal mammals and not primates. The pair bonding does not mean they are sexually monogamous. They prefer a certain partner. Their lack of monogamy doesn't destroy the pair bond. So the claim that a female who has any previous partners at all can't pair bond doesn't even apply to animals that do pair bond. So (laughs) the species of animals that biologists can conclusively say have this trait that they do pair bond doesn't even, that concept doesn't even apply to sexual (laughs) partners. Yeah. (sighs) So 
Hold on. I'm almost through with this rant. I freaking promise. Um, what I found most comic comical about one of her, um, recent, uh, debates, which I talked about on BBC, she is, uh, 26. She spouts all of this crazy anti-feminist rhetoric. She doesn't speak in any, doesn't provide any sources for any of the statistics that she just whips out. Um, on this interview on H3, she, um, had people like doing research for her and kind of got tripped up and caught with that being a thing, which is fine because the, the host of H3 does that too. She just was kind of disingenuous with the presentation of it and didn't like Mm -hmm. say like, Hey, I have people that are doing research for me. Like you have people doing research for you. It was just very disingenuous. The whole thing. Um, she was on BBC interview with Pierce Morgan, younger cohort. who's also, um, a female who subscribed to more feminist ideologies. Um, first of all, it was kind of a gross thing to watch because Pierce was just sitting back and watching girls cat fight. And that I've, Mm -hmm. That wasn't, you know, that's not great. Made for great entertaining TV, which I'm sure is what he was um, celebrating. But it just yeah. kind of, like, looked like like it just read like he just sat back and was watching, like, two young gals uh, go at it. And he just was getting his rocks off on being entertained of um, <laughs> women tearing other women down. So yeah. this younger cohort on BBC called Pearl out. And said that following the ideology that Pearl spouts, by Pearl's own logic, she will never be an ideal woman and will never be seen as an ideal wife because Pearl herself is not a virgin, is very open about the fact that she's not a virgin, and Pearl also has a career. I'll add to that and say that not only that, Pearl's an idiot with a microphone with internet access. Mm. You think that any man's going to want a strong, opinionated female that's younger, um, clearly enjoys the limelight, and has, makes no issue of just spouting off insane anti-feminist rhetoric? Um, I personally, like, yes, I have a personal bias against a lot of the things that she's that she says. Um, I don't even know what the definition of a modern woman is, let alone if she's qualified as an unmarried uh, 26-year-old that doesn't really have a, an actual solid 9 to 5 and has never been in, in a solid workplace as far as I know. And I've done some research, Matt. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I don't know that she's qualified to speak on behalf of all men everywhere. Um, but uh, I know that... <laughs> um, it's okay for people to have differing opinions. I welcome it. I very clearly welcome it. But when we're talking about body count, which is actually promiscuity, we, we can't talk about these topics without getting into slut shaming. Um, and how this concept of promiscuity, how unfairly the scales tip between women and men. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, a couple more talking points, but I'm going to turn it over to you for a second. Please give me some thoughts because if I didn't know any better, I feel like I'm describing an insane South Park character, but this is a real life (laughs) human being who's only three years younger than me. And God knows what kind of fucking damage she's doing to girls who are 10, five years younger than her 
who all they see is a, a, what they perceive as a strong woman who's not scared to say the thing that none of us want to say. And she has this huge following. She's got like, she has several million followers on YouTube. And I don't, un, like, I don't get this, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Thoughts? Question mark? <laughs> um, well, number one, I, that there's like, four things that I thought of. I went and looked up the the Instagram account attached to that name and not a single person I follow uh, follows that account. So that goes to ooh, show. That's like, a good, Oh, that's a good friend check. Hold on. Let me do that. Yeah, like I, and I, it's just to me, that's what I was, that's how I like, is this thing for me? Do, does anybody I follow, follow them? Do we have any, do we have anything in common? Would I like the things that you post? And generally, if I don't have anything, then I, then chances are you and I don't see the things the same way. So, like, that was point number one when you said – when you asked if I had, if I knew who that was because I definitely did not. And there's not even a reason why I would have crossed paths with, with that account because it doesn't sound like anything I would want. Um, uh, my, um, my social media, again, like I said, is kind of like things I want to see and things that I want to learn from. And that's not something I want to learn from. There's people that I do follow that are on – that side of the line because i i want to hear what they have to say because sometimes they make good points like i'm you know i've said it before like i i am a gun owner i am like there's there's a lot of things that i i believe that you know kind of cross both sides of that line there's a fan diagram there but it's not a full fucking circle which is why we have a podcast together matt exactly exactly (laughs) so like so there's some people so but like for her specifically, don't there's the the Instagram account tied to that name. I I don't have any followers for, so like that's that's number one. Number two, neither do I. Just thing, checked. Good, by the way. Uh, one of the, one of the things that always bugs me about like fifties ideology: women should be in the kitchen, you know, barefoot and pregnant kind of kind of women is that their platform is only possible by the sweat and blood of the women who fought for their right to have the potential to speak. So there's you even you even speaking openly outside of your home is in essence the opposite ideology of what you would what you're preaching. Like you can have an opinion but your opinion should either be kept to yourself or it shouldn't it should not leave your house. That is how that is the root of that and that that bugs me Uh, that is very true but i've also seen some combat vets who have said i've gone to war for every american even those who have burned the american flag at protests which of course you know i don't subscribe to that you know that's a waste of a good american flag they probably paid money for that you know unless you stole from somewhere but whatever criminal activity and all the things we'll we we don't need to digress um there are women who died in the suffrage movement during the suffrage movement, during the uh, votes for women era. There are women who marched during uh, civil, <laughs> during the yeah. civil rights movement. Um, just so that Pearl Davis could pick mm-hmm. up a microphone and spout some nonsense that goes 100% against what those women fought for. Now, I understand your point. I get it. I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole of talking about First Amendment, freedom of speech, our country is a great melting pot, all of those things. 
Um, but like part of me has to wonder like who's paying her fucking bills. Like, um, you know, the H3 podcast kind of went into this thing about her being like maybe the uh, concept of being like a right wing grifter, how it's just easy money for some of these people to pick up a microphone and start saying like, Um, what is it? That, um, family guy bit where Lois is running for president and she just says nine 11 and the whole uh, auditorium burst into applause. Like, it's kind of that same thing where she's just like. Women are stupid. And then all the, you know, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. things. So I don't know. I, the more I'm like trying to figure it out, I like, I don't understand it. Um, I was reading uh, a little bit more about her on a biographical sense, just to try and understand like maybe where, you know, some people were raised completely different than how I was. I have strong opinions about things. Other people have super strong opinions about things. Some of those things came from our parents. Um, fun fact about Pearl Davis. She grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a mansion in a 10 bedroom house. Um, she has nine siblings, uh, both parents, her mom, Jennifer was on the board of directors for the UN to support (laughs) gender equality. Oh, that's interesting. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is happening? Um, As far as I can tell, too, it doesn't look like she's been super out and about and super active. And again, what I'm not here to do is speak poorly on other women just because they're women. That's what. That's what Pearl likes to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here to call out ideology that's not sound that I personally don't agree with. Um, and I started thinking, too. I'm like, if I just Google promiscuity, what are most of the topics of articles about? Could you guess what gender they were, like, derogatory towards, <laughs> Matt? Uh, I have one guess. I don't, I don't know if you can guess what my one guess would be, but... Uh... Pretty sure it's it's gonna be the fair sex if I had to guess. Uh, I don't understand fully. Maybe it's because I'm uneducated. If any of our listeners can maybe help educate me, this idea of promiscuity. Why does it so unfairly apply to the two different genders? Why can't women do anything without getting judgment? Second of all, no. <laughs> Third of all. I had I was on my third or fourth just random keyword search of promiscuity, men versus women, women versus men, um, slut shaming, body count, all of those different keywords, just trying to see what keywords I could play with before I actually got something that was uh, not an article that Pearly Girly <laughs> would like to, to read. Um, I finally just had to Google straight up the phrase, um, Myths about slut shaming, myths about promiscuity. <laughs> uh, you know, I literally had to go out and find what I was specifically looking for because the random keywords about promiscuity only resulted in um, articles shitting on women. Ooh, um, yeah. So I found an article. Um, <laughs> it is myths about promiscuity and women that we need to unlearn. So I just I just grabbed four of these myths. Um, the first one 
this is the myth, that promiscuous women are dirty and they are more likely to have STIs. Um, Obviously, a myth. Um, Born and raised in the Bible Belt, I can see how uh, some women uh, might subscribe to this ideology. I know that I, at a very young age, was told, your body is a temple. Um, (laughs) What would you... No, oh my God, Matt, I got to tell you the story. So I was born and raised... (laughs) Here in Missouri. And there was a point in my life in high school where I got super plugged into my local church. And it was at this point in my life that I was about to go off to college. I was starting to um, play with the idea of getting a tattoo for my mom. Um, I was like, you know, if I get a tattoo, I really want it to be something that's meaningful to me. Um, So I went out and got it. It is a uh, blue rose on my rib cage. Um, she had blue roses at her wedding. It's a very fitting tribute to her. I got it when I was 18. Um, one of the ladies at church tried to talk me out of getting a tattoo so <laughs> badly. She goes, what would you do if you showed up to church one day and there was a huge mural of graffiti all along the whole side of the building and you're just showing up there trying to worship God, how would that make you feel? I'm like, well, if it's criminal activity, like charge the fuckers with that, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. um, I also had another, uh, L, like woman, like higher up woman in the church. I'm not going to say elder because women are not seen as leaders in the church. So whatever I digress. She, when she was younger, um, she didn't get like a meaningful tattoo. She got a little tiny itty bitty cartoon, uh, character of a devil on the side of her leg. (laughs) She was so trying so hard to convince me not to get a tattoo that she pulled up videos on her phone and showed me the video of her getting that tattoo removed because she you know got (laughs) saved she found jesus all the other things she regretted deeply getting that tattoo and she felt like super called and convicted to get it taken off of her because she's got a little devil on her here she is trying to be a follower jesus and all things she goes oh this this laser made my blood work go crazy i had like an autoimmune disorder and all these other things and i'm like i'm just trying to get a tattoo for my dead mom but like okay (laughs) pop off i said those were your journeys. That was for you. For me, I want to do something nice and I want to get something that's super meaningful for me. And it's not like I'm getting it on my fucking forehead, man. I got it on the side of my ribcage. It's my very yeah. first tattoo. The first lady that told me about the graffiti on the side of the church, when she heard that I got a tattoo, because I'm a big mouth and I can't just not <laughs> say that I didn't get a tattoo. The next time, very next time that she saw me in person after I got this tattoo, she literally just looked at me and she just had the saddest look on her face. And she <laughs> said, I am so disappointed in you. Oh. And older me would have popped the fuck off and be like, well, bitch, you're not paying half my bills. So what the shit? You know, I don't give no. a shit. Younger me just felt so guilty that these older women who, um, invested all this time into teaching me and all this time when I'm not around praying for me and time praying over our communities. There are these role models who have these godly marriages and I should do nothing but try to be exactly like them. These are the same women who are instilling purity culture. They instilled purity culture in me. They did the same fucking thing to me. I know that they're doing the same 
to other women still to this day because that's just how the machine works, you know? Yeah. Um, when we're talking about promiscuity, especially the concept of being dirty, like you are not valued less as a human. You're still who you are. It does not matter how many sexual partners that you have. If you're being smart, if you're being safe, and if you're having fun, like, go off, sis. Do you know how many suburban moms are, like, living vicariously through you? No, I'm kidding. But, you know, um, you your humanity does not lessen uh, the more sexual partners that you have in. And it's also kind of towing this line of, like, oh, well, the more sexual partners you have, the less that you subscribe to monogamy. Plenty of married couples had sex with people before they actually got married, uh, before they even started talking to whoever that it was that they yeah. ended up getting married. It's part of human experience. Your humanity does not diminish because, ugh, okay. Second myth. I'm getting hated, Matt. You're going to have to fight to get a word in edgewise. God damn. Um, second myth. Promiscuous women sleep with everyone. There seems to be a persistent belief that sluts will sleep with anything that moves. Some of this stems from the male gaze-ridden fantasy of universal sexual availability. When we start talking about that, we're talking about, oh, well, women love sex. Um, if women love sex, then anyone should be able to take that anytime they want. No woman should be treated as anyone's personal ATM for sexual gratification. Um Sure, you enjoy sex, but you probably don't bed everyone you meet for the sake of your next orgasm. <laughs> quote from this article. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, yeah, it's it's a myth, and I don't even know. Like somebody's definition of promiscuous is so it's so subjective because the fact that I'm sitting here in front of a a. a you know, sitting here in front of a mic with my hair out for the world to see, I'm considered promiscuous. You yeah. know, it's so subjective. Um, third myth, promiscuous women have no morals. Apparently, this myth, if a woman sleeps with too many people, she's a failure in every aspect of social life and her character is ruined forever. Uh, this myth is that sluts are dangerous because of their lack of morals. It indicates their unwillingness to follow rules which in turn means that they are less likely to be governed by patriarchal standards of proper conduct for women. And literally the next line of this article is this isn't the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, what is it? Uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's a super fun movie oh, with, um, yeah. Audrey Plaza. And, um, there's an episode, there's uh, early on in the movie, they're working in this restaurant and, uh, Anna Kendrick goes, yeah, it's 2022 women can do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how I picture the next line out of it. Uh, women don't marry their high school sweethearts at 16 and only have sex for the sake of pleasing their husbands and having kids. But that is a patriarchal utopia, isn't it? That one (sighs) grosses me out so much. Like that one's bad. Yes, it is. Um, last myth, and then I have a question to to you as a parent. Um, last myth that there's there's several in this article. I just like hit the highlights of things that that spoke to me. Um, last myth is that promiscuous women aren't worthy of respect. Um, it's the most damaging assumption by far. There's so much toxic rhetoric around promiscuity 
And it's so easy to internalize slut shaming. Um, I'll add to this sentence by saying, especially when it's other women who are judging you more harshly than anybody else will. Um, I see this in motherhood. It's like nobody's up my ass more about my parenting decisions other than other mothers who think that because they've done this song and dance that they, you know, whatever. Um, the amount of sex that someone has does not undermine their self-worth. No exceptions. Um, the people, the only people who have a say about your sex life are people who are having sex with you. And even them only to an extent, (laughs) like (laughs) I, I've, I don't know why we're still having some of these conversations and listen, I get it. Um, I can see how some of the things that I just said and said out loud from a feminist website talking about slut shaming and myths around promiscuity, how some people that know me in real life may not actually subscribe to some of that. And that's totally fine. A lot of this boils down to, um, yes, women were lost in the suffrage and civil rights movement. Um, like they would probably be, are turning over in whatever grave they're in, listening to some of the things that Pearly Girly is spouting off about. But either we are the land of the free or we're not. Either we have the freedom of fucking choice to do what we want within a certain social contract and certain, you know, things of that help instill the rule of law in our society you know either we have that freedom of choice and the freedom to pursue life liberty and the you know it's literally in our fucking bill of rights and constitution shit right it's been a long time since i've taken u.s history can you tell (laughs) either we have the freedom to um pursue happiness in this country or we don't just because probably girly would prefer that every woman is in the kitchen making me a damn sandwich doesn't mean that just because her ideology is different than mine, that my choice to do something different should be taken away or my choice should be influenced because she has a different opinion than mine. Yeah. This whole episode is, is, uh, uh, that's what she said. <laughs> it is. I was thinking oh, we're going to have to title it just that, just, uh, home room. That's what she said. Um, okay. Here's my question. You as a parent. You have two girls. What what are we going to do? What do we do when our daughters come home one day and they say that, oh, I was wearing this at school and somebody said something about this or um, my shoulders were out and, um, you know, I got in trouble at school for this or so-and-so heard that I made out with this boy at a party and now I'm being called a whore and a slut by all the boys in class because some other girl liked that boy and now they're, you know, ganging up on me. How are we supposed to have, in today's day and age, how are we supposed to have or even approach these conversations with our daughters about slut-shaming, promiscuity, and sexual health? Um, that's a really good question, actually. Uh... I think, I mean, for me, number one is you, you said it. And I think that that's one of the, like the biggest things is do what, do what you're going to do. Be as long as you're safe, as long as you're having fun. And as long as nobody's getting physically hurt beyond what they are consenting to, then like, cool. Where it comes to like, you know, teenagers or, you know, like 
middle school, high school drama, you know, getting getting stuck in that that cycle of, you know, like, well, now everybody at school is talking about me. It's like, I mean, in the end, they're doing that because they're feeling some kind of way about themselves. It's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. And it's a reflection of their beliefs, not a reflection of your beliefs. If you and, you know, whatever person did or didn't do, you, you know what the truth is and you know what the intent was behind that truth. They don't, which means that their opinion honestly doesn't matter. And if you're going to continue to give their opinion weight, and I know it's hard to not give those opinions weight. And, you know, there's, there comes a time where it, it, you have to decide if this is worth continuing to live through and deal with, or if you want to move to a different school or you want to do something different to protect, to protect your sanity, to protect your peace. Like, that's a whole separate conversation but as far as like you know the answer to that question like i honestly think that like i it's love and support you know like you if if you did what you wanted to do and it was you know something that you both were okay with doing at the time like cool if it was you know something that like you feel like you were kind of forced into or pressured into not cool and like totally different that, conversation. Yeah, like that's that's entirely different. And if it's because you know little Becky wanted to also you know make out with whoever, it's like maybe you should have been less fearful of others' opinions and gone after homie. And maybe you know like you would be the one that like is on his arm and you're not. And that's again your guilt, your jealousy. <laughs> that's that's all I can see. Again, saying more about her than of hypothetically our daughters yeah. who are making out with boys sometime in the yeah. distant future I, <laughs> very, I'm a- our, ki- our kids are very young so like we you know whatever um what i'm going to continue that with is also i've i've put some thought into this especially with um with having conversations with my daughter about womanhood and about supporting other women and and instead of tearing them down which is believe it or not, sometimes a radical ideology. Um, It doesn't matter if in this hypothetical situation where she made out with a boy and now all the girls are ganging up on her and blah, blah, blah. Didn't matter if that night, instead of making out with him, you sat in a corner and ate by yourself. Didn't matter if you stayed home by yourself and Mm -hmm. didn't go to that party. Just like as a mom, doesn't matter if you stay home. It doesn't matter if you work. Doesn't matter what you do. Somebody will always have something to say about every single thing you do someone will always say oh well she did this this means this about her and this means this about her character and her integrity and this that whatever the fuck wow (laughs) can you tell i've been like on one this week about why is she working and somebody else is raising her babies at daycare like this that whatever like somebody is always going to have something to say about what they do and Mm -hmm. as much as we want to protect them from that that's just a reality you know like people always have an opinion now totally validating and we'll revisit this too and someday in the distant future (laughs) 
somebody saying or popping off on about a random fucking opinion that doesn't serve you or educate you or grow you in any way, shape or form says more about them than it does about you. Mm-hmm. You're off doing shit. Somebody else is sitting there watching and paying attention to what you're doing. Bored? Come on. You need a Pinterest board about hobbies? Let's go. I'll help you. We'll go to fucking yeah. Hobby Lobby together. Go do something better, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like personally as, as a, a young mother and as somebody who's starting to explore some of these topics in the context of, of grown adulthood, um, I feel like there's so much that I have to deprogram and process through and really kind of question, like, what is the foundational assumption? Like, why am I going, why am I listening to this and feeling a certain type of way? Like, what is the foundational assumption that I'm walking into this? Um, conversation with and why don't I agree with it it's not always an immediate um, easy answer sometimes I do have to sit and and think about some of these topics Mm -hmm. and be like okay well this I'm educated on this topic from the ladies that the only bit of support and um, the only way that they were worthy to um, you know love on the church is by um scheduling potlucks because after the men ate, they went upstairs and had all the elder meetings and none of the women were allowed to go upstairs and deal with that. So the only way that they could contribute is by turning around and making little mini me's. Can you tell some of this is religious trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. You know, I just feel like there's, there's, it's a really complicated topic. I definitely wanted to talk about it because, um, I remember having some conversations with my dad about, the amount of guys that I had slept with at, at one point when I was in college. And he was like, well, I can count all the women that I've actually ever slept with on one hand. And that was back in the day when that actually meant something in this, that whatever I'm like, Oh, okay. You are very educated by uh, Southern Baptist, West Virginia and what your, your parents grew up with. And I feel like having yeah. some of that context helped. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, um, not looking forward to when that day comes. I hope that I will um, have some kind of semblance of a cohesive thought to tell my daughter. Because um, I don't think it's a very healthy thing for a mom to tell her teenage daughter, fuck them, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm curious. So, like, for me, I know that, like, I grew up, I, ironically enough, I'm from, I'm from Maryland, which is, you know, uh, DC, Virginia, Maryland, the DMV. Um, we, uh, we grew up also Southern Baptist. So like very much understand, you know, that thing. And I, I often wonder people that grew up with a religious parent that wasn't, that was religious enough to take you, but not religious enough to shove it down your throat. If later on in life, when they realize that like the world is bigger than they realized, and, you know, you already said, like, you were, you were, you subscribed to that thinking then, and then you realized the world was bigger than you realized, and now you have a different level of, of understanding and thinking. When it comes to something like this topic, like body count specifically, do you think that your the pendulum will swing further for your daughter? Because you won't be, like, you you will swing that pendulum further the other direction where you give her more freedom, less, less, you know, guidelines on what she should or shouldn't be because you had 
too many or felt as though you were pushed into a belief. So rather than pushing any belief on it, you allow her to make up her mind with almost total freedom and uh, autonomy. Um, I'm going to err on that side just because I know that my husband and I are going to balance each other out. and We're going to meet in the middle. Um, I'm going to come educated from a place where I've, this whole episode has been about where I'm educated from and where I, you know, made some of these foundational assumptions from a young age. Um, but he was raised Catholic mm-hmm. and, um, I'm very proud of him and the, um, the education that he's, um, the learning that he's done in the last couple of years, I think really a cool thing for us was leaving, um, Missouri in adulthood and moving to Denver, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just being out and about, um, in a different city that doesn't look anything like what we grew up around kind of challenged some of those foundational assumptions to the point where we, you know, like back in the day, I'm not very confident that my husband would say what he is now. I I gave him a hypothetical long before we were married, but after we were in Denver and some of his preconceived notions had um, been challenged and he'd done some educating and had left this, you know, small town in Missouri, um, I asked him, like, what if we have a kid someday um, and they come out and say that they're gay? Like, what are we going to do? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll be fine. That was not always his fucking answer to that question. Yeah. When we're talking about promiscuity and we're talking about some of these other topics that we've, like, hit on, um, I'm very interested to see how we navigate that together in parenthood and marriage. Um, just because I've I'm constantly pointing out um, examples of misogyny. I'm constantly challenging some of his preconceived notions or like cracking jokes about, Oh, well, um, this, that, whatever, like, Oh, my big dumb uterus gets in the way. I can't do that. I can't mow the lawn. My big dumb uterus gets in the way. Like, (laughs) Oops, here we go. When in fact, like here we are in, um, our marriage now where my husband and I, we challenge some of those traditional gender norms in our own house. Like, I do not wake up on Saturday mornings, cook breakfast, and make sure that the laundry gets started. He does that shit. I sleep in. And I'm just very blessed to be in a marriage where that is a thing that occurs. Um, So, long story short, I know my daughter is being raised in the same area of Missouri that I'm I was raised in. I know the the influence that very religious parents are going to be having on kids that she's going to be growing up with. I know what those teachers, what some of those teachers, what some of those educators, what some of those school volunteers will be instilling with her, especially when it comes time in middle school to start having conversations about sex education. Um, I'm more confident that my husband and I will be a unified front and teamwork makes the dream work versus all these other um outside influences especially just here where we're at but you know the other thing too i was in middle school like what fucking 15 20 years ago i don't know i don't math (laughs) i don't really know um in 2008 so almost 20 years ago maybe 15 somewhere around there 15 this year yeah thank you matt god my just my big dog our our anniversary anniversary is is 2000 is 2008 that's the only reason why i know Oh, okay. See, Courtney, yeah. Ah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
uh, like I have some hope that maybe sex education would have changed in fucking 15 years. Maybe, I mean, obviously longer until my two year old now gets into middle school and starts having those conversations. I don't know. Um, I guess time will tell. Um, are your daughters getting to that point where they're starting to have those conversations in school? Uh, my, my oldest one, I her the people that she's around are like one of her friends popped up on my Instagram. I'll just say that, like because her phone number is in my phone as a, a friend of my child, so it was a contact that probably was like, oh, this phone number is linked to an account. You may know this person, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be a whole other fucking yeah. episode. We like, start talking what? about social media. I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, man. I know that my kid doesn't have a social media and when she was trying to it was like yo don't be stupid this is not a thing uh we're gonna figure this out together but anyway like I it just becomes for her she's into so much of her own thing that like if it's come up similarly to me when I was her age it just didn't matter to me. I cared more about being creative and, you know, having fun in my life than any of that. And my youngest one is, like you said, too young to have it be a thing now. But also, like, she's she's real stabby. So I assume she's going to scare every boy away anyway. So I don't know that I'm going to have to worry about it. She's either going to be the one that's like steamrolling the boys on the football field so they don't want to mess with her anyway. She's like just one of the guys. Or she's going to be one of those girls where, like, all of the girls don't like her. So she's just going to be kind of, like, aloof about all of it anyway. So Hell, yeah. And no matter what she's going to do, she's going to do it well. Mm. We got some badass kids here at Holmes Room. Um, So before we go, I want to... If you've made it this far into this episode, you endured my rant. You've been somewhat <laughs> level of entertained. First of all, thank you for listening to this shit because <laughs> I feel better having got it out of my brain. Second of all, I want to I want to hear from you guys. Um, I feel like this is a topic that we just like started scratching the surface on, and I'm not really quite sure where the conversation goes from here. Um, here at Holmes Room, we definitely want to have open conversation about some of these complicated topics. And there's so much deprogramming and shame and uh, body-related like shame, sex-related shame that stems from this topic of pure promiscuity and how it inversely affects women versus men um, that I really want to hear from our listeners. So please, will you call in? Send us a DM on Instagram. Reach out to us on threads. Um, send a fucking messenger pigeon at this point. That's totally fine. What were we off base on? What Well, what was I off base on here? Because you just really kind of just sat back and let me rant. So thank you. But um, what are some things that you have um, caught yourself in? Um, have any of you actually even heard of Pearly Girly? Just Pearly Things, Pearl Davis. Or is my algorithm just so off the wall that I need to, like, send a toaster up into space and ask the YouTube gods, please help me. I don't want to see this shit. (laughs) So that's what she said, Matt. (laughs) I like it. Um, I Like I said, I mean, I did sit back and let you talk, but, like, 
honestly, I, I don't know. I'm not, that's a subject I don't have an opinion on. And to me, uh, I don't know enough about it to have an opinion on it. So like, I don't know those people. I don't, I haven't listened to what they have to say. I mean, I could tell by just the things that I've heard of you and other people, like when they, when they bring it up, that like, it's not people that I would like subscribe to. Like, that's cool. But just like, stay the fuck over there. Don't, don't bring that over here. Um, but again, it comes back to like, you know, giving you the space to have the conversation because chances are, if you feel that way, somebody else probably feels the same way. Um, and you know, as far as like my opinion on body count goes and what you said, like, I think it's the dumbest thing ever. When I first heard that term, I had no idea what what the hell they were talking about. And it was a like 18, 19 year old. So I was like, man, this is some new dumb shit. And like, I finally feel what my parents feel like when we were like, Oh, that shit's tight. And they're like, tight. What the fuck? You know, like that's, that's, that's what my mind went to. And I was like, that's stupid. But also why does it even matter? And even more so like in no context, does that, value anything except for maybe like your level of comfortable you are with yourself because if you're comfortable with the fact that your body count if you want to use that term is higher than something else then like cool then you're comfortable with it if you're ashamed of it then like find where that shame comes from and maybe there's something that needs to be like healed and work on healing rather than a body count or worrying about a body count like that's where it ends for me. I don't know the rest of it. Like if you're misogynistic, if you're like anti-feminist, if you're any of those things again, like that's cool for you, but like keep that shit over there. That's not, I don't got no time. We for don't, it. don't subscribe no to that yeah. stuff, yeah. but you should subscribe to the podcast. That is the thing you should do. <laughs> so, thanks for being here. You really just fucking snuck out in on us, Matt. Damn. all right friends we adore you thank you for being here um join us next week when i will teach matt what the meaning of the word riz is (laughs) yeah right i don't know what that is so maybe that will happen the bell is about to ring if you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below be sure to leave us a five-star review it helps more people find us Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.